This episode of Thoughts On from We Move follows the Finding Flow podcast with Jamie Wheel as we pondered and chatted with some of our listeners on the often blind obsession that can come with finding flow and being our best, all usually a result of our egos getting in the way. Now, we asked Logan Gelbrick, the founder of Deuce Gym and who we'd probably call the captain of the process on his thoughts on how our ego can hinder our performance and sabotage the path to performance. And with that in mind, what we can do to get the ego out of the way to do what we actually want to do, which is improve and move forward. Now it might sound like we're in two different places during this podcast and that's because we are. We have a process where we email the questions to our chosen expert they record them in their comfort of their own home and send them back to us it makes things a little bit easier when we have sort of questions so think of it as kind of a telephone conversation uh that we're replaying with with these people um based on ideas that come up so they they tend to be our go-to people when we've got a question so this one is with logan and you can follow logan at functional coach logan ego it's a pretty big topic and one that can go positive or negative depending on how it's managed how do you keep your ego working for you rather than against you whether that's in training or in wider life you know um I think the ego is catching a bad rap these days. You know, I don't know that uh, I'm going to be able to get rid of my ego or hide it someplace or destroy it altogether. Um, And so for me, I sort of look at uh, the ego, something that can be quite positive and also quite negative. The same way that you would look at anything else that has something positive in it and something negative in it for you. And that's sort of that uh, it would really pay to extract the helpful parts of it and ignore the parts that aren't so helpful. And so, you know, while that might sound like a cop out answer, uh, I, I think the ego is uh, it's a part of me. So I have to observe it and respect it you know i think those who manage the ego well get enough distance from the ego to observe it and um you know if for nothing but entertainment (laughs) it's quite nice to be able to observe my ego over there and uh and it's me and to say it's not me uh, or not part of me at least would be a lie. So it seems like we should get down to embracing and um, getting things uh, working for us. Uh, the same can be said about uh, other emotions, uh, you know, sometimes disappointment and failure uh, can be used for good. Um, the moment that disappointment or failure derails you and doesn't allow you to move forward, then it seems to me that maybe you're paying too much attention to it, right? And so um, maybe the ego follows the same 
uh, follows in the same step where there is context for which the ego can be embraced and there's plenty of context to it um, where maybe the ego should uh, you know, take a secondary role. Now, Jamie Wheel references the Osho quote, to be extraordinary is not the point. The point is to become utterly ordinary and to be utterly ordinary is the most extraordinary thing you can do. It feels that the idea of the ego can in actual fact obstruct heading towards our potential. Why is there such a magic in the ordinary daily practice? That's an interesting quote. Um, What comes to mind for me when I hear that to be extraordinary is not the point. The point is to become utterly ordinary. And to be utterly ordinary is the most extraordinary thing you can do. Uh, I want to be careful because sometimes when we talk about quotes and, you know, is there a position to take on a quote, it comes down to language semantics. And uh, rather than make this about language semantics, uh, I want to describe what comes to mind for me, which is uh, that all extraordinary feats and accomplishments... Uh, come down to extremely mundane, simple, boring, repetitive action uh, as a way to sort of pave the road to the the shiny part. Uh, In fact, there's a wonderful paper called, and I never say this word right, but the mundaneity... (laughs) of excellence and it's a paper that um follows collegiate swimmers i believe and the the author of this paper dove into the training and the routines and the regimen of these elite level swimmers and the idea was to sort of chronicle what it takes to be great at something and so the legend goes this you know college student um you know takes this paper this rough draft and has his his friend read it and the friend reads the paper and tells him <laughs> that he should consider rewriting it or should consider spicing it up a bit because it was kind of it fell flat it was boring to which the author knew that he was on the right track and published it anyway because the spectacular sports star that we see on tv or even the musician who has the breakthrough album or you know all the sexy parts that we see in success come down to uh ultimately extremely ordinary mundane practices and to avoid those would be essentially avoiding the extra extraordinary uh, by default growth real positive growth comes after the practice and yet we live in a culture which is becoming obsessed with hacking neuro hacks physiological hacks any shortcuts really to bypass the work What do you say to people who want to take the shortcut and how do you maintain the idea of growth when the returns become much smaller and more elusive as we move through the ranks, so to speak? Man, when it comes to hacking, 
you know, I never can get switched on about this. Um, I recognize that at some point there's a bias in there for me, and I'm just projecting. But I remember when Tim Ferriss's book first came out, The 4-Hour Workweek, and let me put in the caveat that since it has come out, I still haven't read it, but since it's come out, I've appreciated uh, the sort of principled nature of it and what he was trying to accomplish. But it came out at a time when this biohacking thing sort of took off, and I was quite resistant. Um, So, you know, what would I say to people who want to take a shortcut? Um, This is going to sound super corny, but... uh, Talk me out of it. There there just aren't any shortcuts. And if there were, that would be the new best way to do it. Uh, I think when people talk about biohacking, what they really want to do is find a new, better way. And I'm into that. I support that. Um, what I find, however, is that often, if I'm going to stereotype, the people who are most passionate about hacking spend a lot of time and energy not getting results. And uh, and that is the ultimate irony in it. Um, I, I'm not preaching from, uh, from the position of old school uh, for the sake of old school, but um, shortcuts become the new normal. And so uh, I don't believe that there are shortcuts by definition. Appreciate the time, guys. That was awesome. Logan, thanks so much for your answers and wisdom. And for those out there, check out Deuce Gym and at Functional Coach on Instagram.